I'm Jesse Lubinsky. I'm Donnie Piercy. Hi, I'm Jeffrey Heil, hosts of the Partial Credit Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network. Just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. and welcome to Kindergarten Kiosk. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Kathy. And today we're talking about COVID school. What are we talking about? What are we doing? <laughs> COVID What's school. What's happening? I know. Well, here oh. it is summer and usually in July and summer, most teachers are not thinking really at all about school. <laughs> Let's face it, we're enjoying our families, we're vacationing, but it's so hard to do any of that because the back of your mind is, what will school be like? What will school be like? What will school be like, right? I was going to say, I, I don't know that my school brain ever turns off because um, <laughs> I've taken like reading research textbooks on vacation with me and read them on vacation because I'm a nerd. <laughs> well, I think that everybody's doing that kind of stuff. Yes, but that's not but the usually same you're thing not... as like no. high level stress <laughs> because you don't know what is going to happen. Yeah, and I think it's high level stress and anxiety. And I had to go for a checkup today and the doctor was like, you've gained some weight. And I was like, ah, I've been quarantined with COVID and stressed out all the time. What do you I, expect? Uh, yeah, I'm saying, uh, hello, take COVID away and maybe we all can lose some pounds. <laughs> this is called the COVID but, whatever. But if uh, anyone has lost weight during COVID, I Hey, you know what? That probably is not great either because then you're losing weight from stress and that's not great. That's probably true. That's not great. But it's just, it's just a hard world right now. And so we just kind of wanted to give you some tips on things that maybe you can be doing and thinking about that might help with your stress. And if not, it, you can just listen to the fact that we are also stressed and then you <laughs> know that there are people who commiserate with you. Yes. And we we're all, all going to get same. through it. Well, I know that I'm always I always feel a little bit better if I organize. Like if I fix my calendar or if I plan or as a mother, if we have a weekly planning meeting, <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> then I always feel better. So, of course, my number one tip is to uh, make a goal and plan your year by like one goal. Like what would be maybe three goals? Like what is your academic goal you want for your students this year? What is an intervention goal that you're going to try to do for your students who need intervention and maybe a student relationship goal? Like how will you try to build relationships with your students? So I think that's probably what I would do first to probably try to get rid of the anxiety 
is just try to put a few thoughts on paper that are in goal form. How you how would you be realistic about your goals when you just know that things are going to be different and up in the air and rapidly changing from day to day? Like how would that influence how you would set goals for the year because it's not a regular year you know and it's not going to be it's you know it's not teaching as normal so how would that influence how you made goals for yourself well that's actually why I put that as tip number one is to make the goals because we still want to do our best for our students and Mm -hmm. so I want to know what I want for my students and so I would be influenced by no matter what vehicle I have to teach my students through I do know that I want them to let's say kindergarten I want them to leave with all their letters and sounds and how to decode simple CVC words Mm -hmm. that would be my academic goal for reading and so then I know that's my goal and so When I'm looking at Google Classroom, if my district's going digitally or if I'm only going to have the kids Monday, Wednesday, and they're digital the other times, then I guess that that would influence what I want to learn how to use because I'd certainly want to learn how to put a decodable reader on Google Classroom or I want to have lots of alphabet activities. I want to have lots of links to Jack Cartman's alphabet songs. Because <laughs> <laughs> I love Jack Cartman. Because hmm. he's just so silly that he's fun. <laughs> and of course, Heidi's songs. I want to have all kinds of stuff like that that um, would be helping me with that goal. Well, I just know that um, another reason that I would start with setting goals is because on March 13th, when we were all told we were going digital, <laughs> we all just tried to, to just make the end of the year. I mean, honestly, yeah. I don't know any teacher in the nation. I'm sure there were many of you who were better than me, <laughs> but I just wanted, to, I just saw May on that calendar and I wanted to get there as quickly as possible because we were all miserable. We were just thrown into it and everything was kind of thrown out the window. And so I guess that's why I want to know where I want to be so that I can make a roadmap of now, now I know that this now is a I actually know world. this is something I have to do. I can yeah, think about I this in a more just strategic look at way. I can the calendar and hope <laughs> that we hurry and get there because it's only September. <laughs> and a vaccine's a long ways away yeah I hope that someone gets it really fast (laughs) (laughs) well that kind of brings me to my next tip that I think is really important and I think now is the time to learn the tools like if you're not familiar with Google Classroom now's the time to just dive in and learn all about it or maybe you want to do Canvas or Blackboard. It really doesn't matter which one. If you know which one your district's going to use or your school, then you know tackle it and learn that one. But they all work pretty similarly. So like I first learned to use Blackboard, and so it was really pretty easy to transfer that knowledge 
to Google Classroom. But I would just spend some really good quality time learning those. And um, my teachers in my school have been actually practicing how to put things on Google Classroom quickly and how to grade them and how to make them interactive and just spending lots of time just practicing. And another thing is get really familiar with Zoom. Now I use Zoom with my students last spring, but like you all know, I was just looking at the calendar getting through it. And now I want to really know how to make Zoom uh, more fun. <laughs> I want to figure out how to, how to be more interactive with Zoom. And so I think one way to do it is just Zoom people. Like I've Zoomed a couple friends and we've had some Zoom chats and Zoom family members and try to see how you can become a little more interactive with Zoom. Or Google Meet or whatever your district wants you to use. Yeah, or whatever. Did you hear about anybody in your area that got their Zoom meeting hacked? Yeah, I did hear that a few did, but so I guess number one is make sure that you um, use the password protected Zoom. I think another fun thing to do with the Zoom would be to set up an orientation with all of your students and their families via Zoom mm -hmm. and just kind of every, anything you normally do in an orientation, just plan that it would be a one-on-one -on -one conference call with, with that, that family Mm -hmm. And I think that would be a really fun thing to do. Hey, maybe that's something we could just incorporate here out because you know how people used to go on home visits before school started. Now you can just do a Zoom visit. Just call yeah. them and chat with them before school starts. You don't even <laughs> have honestly, to leave your house. This is an introvert's dream. I always heard about <laughs> teachers like going to kids' houses and how that made such a huge impact on them. And I'm like, I, I, I can't. My little introverted heart today. is like dying. And it's also Sorry. the dream of a parent because when you know the teacher's coming, even if your house is clean, you're going to clean it. You have a Zoom <laughs> meeting with the teacher. You just have to make sure the wall behind you is clean. Yeah, that's, that's all it. you have to do, clean the wall behind you. <laughs> so it's actually the dream of an introvert everyone. teacher and all parents. It's everyone's all parents. dream. <laughs> yeah, because parents they don't want to they don't want you coming to their home. <laughs> Maybe some parents so do. Be... We don't know them, but though. Well, no, we don't know them. We don't know who you are. But I possibly think there's probably some. <laughs> there's somebody <laughs> Maybe. out there. It's hard when you're an introvert to, to, to imagine this them judging thing. you every second, <laughs> <laughs> looking at the books on your shelves and. <laughs> Seeing what your family reads. You can still do that on Zoom. You know, people that, Zoom with the bookshelf behind them all the time. Yeah. You could say, now please prepare your Zoom. on. Uh, be on your phone so you can scan around your house <laughs> while we're Zooming. So speaking of parents, you come up with a plan that you're going to involve your parents. Because the parents are going to be crucial no matter if you're fully distant or if you're on an ab schedule or if, even if in your case where the kids are going but then they have early release every day so you know that they're going to send home some digital work for the kids to do at home so i think a parent relationship is just key to 
um, like you you're gonna have to educate your parents about a few things about like hands-on learning lots of parents have no idea that kids need to learn with their hands mm -hmm. and how to use manipulatives and um, I love our homework packets because our homework packets are completely you just print them send them home and the parents know immediately what to do with them they're very um, scripted or detail oriented and everything that the parents need are there so just like to do a plug for our homework your homework packets. packet saved my bacon with COVID school in the spring <laughs> because I had yeah. a few parents that their kindergartner was the youngest and you know it just the reality was it, of it was that the middle schooler needed the computer <laughs> You know, and then after the middle schooler, the fifth grader needed the computer. And then after the fifth grader, the third grader gets priority of the computer. And so the kindergartner is the low man on the totem pole. And I had lots of parents say, you know, we just, we can't get the kindergartner on the computer. Because mom has to work on it. Dad has to work on it. Older brothers and sisters have to work on it. We can't. And so I, I sent home by email um the packet and said you know if you can't do the online stuff that i'm sending do this and it's fine you know whatever works because you know it was like we were thrown into it and it's like whatever works everybody we're gonna <laughs> do whatever works and i had a couple parents say yeah. we were so glad you sent those home because we were able to keep you know practicing skills and but it was offline <laughs> you know we we're, yeah we, everybody was so online it was nice to have something offline to do so there's another plug nice. for your homework packets that they yeah. saved well, my is. bacon <laughs> they saved i think they've saved a lot of people's bacon yes that it gives an option for parents who want to stay involved and want their kids to keep learning but they don't want to have everything digital and yeah. I don't blame them. I, I don't want I everything don't, digital either. I don't blame them. So what's our next tip? Um, oh, talking about how to set up your classroom. All right, so oh, maybe no. your school is like <laughs> Lindsay's. And oh, no. you've just been told today that your kids are all coming to school. They're not even splitting your class in half. You're going to have all... No, they aren't splitting them in half. You're going to have all 28 kindergartners. Oh, <laughs> and they Let's have to it. sit six feet apart. And they all have to be forward-facing. And they're not allowed to touch each other's stuff. And, oh my goodness. Yeah, so yeah. I think it's time to get out a piece of paper first. And draw some ideas on your paper. Actually, you might want a whiteboard because you're going to be erasing a lot. <laughs> or these new erasable pens I got that are called, um, what are they called? Friction. <laughs> Friction. I love these erasable pens. I can't get enough of them. So I would use them and start drawing some ideas in your classroom and about how you can set it up. To me, it's it's crazily impossible but i did see these little plexiglass dividers on amazon that someone lots of people are making a lot of we money live in a weird 
weird alternate reality where we're buying we plexiglass dividers for our kindergarten classrooms. Yeah. What? The people making money are going are masks. on. <laughs> Mass hand sanitizer and plexiglass dividers making a million. <laughs> Man. It's crazy. And so uh, you're going to have to do those. You're going to have to do something like that. I mean, if you've got desks, but most kindergarten classrooms have tables mm-hmm, for four kids. But you're only going to be able to put probably two at the table, possibly three. Well, whatever way, they're all glass. sitting forward facing six feet apart from each other with a plexiglass shield <laughs> and a mask on their head. <laughs> Yeah. And one thing that I've always used, thank goodness, is I've always used individual pencil boxes. I love them. I want, I've always that is wanted to. That's true. Kids... That is nice because then you don't have to worry about the shared supplies right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I've always wanted kids to be responsible for their own supplies because I couldn't stand it when I had to share something <laughs> with my cousin Michael who broke all my crayons and then I was stuck with broken crayons the whole And you had such beautiful year. crayons I'm sure before your cousin Michael got them. I know. They're probably all a... arranged by color and hue I'm st- and color family. <laughs> I'm still holding a grudge against cousin <laughs> Michael from kindergarten. What would have that have been? 55 years ago? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I still hold a grudge. And I'm positive mine were arranged very neatly in size and color. Mm. So I've always wanted, I've always had kids have their own pencil boxes. So yes, if you've not tried them, this is the time to give everyone their own pencil box. And another thing that I've always done, and I think is you have to do now, is whenever a project is finished or a worksheet is finished, it goes right in their backpack. You know, not in their cubby, not Of course, then you else. have them all standing next to their backpacks right next to each other. Well, you have to send them in a staggered <laughs> fashion. <laughs> like instead of having four colors or five colors for tables, you're going to have to have... 20 colors <laughs> okay chartreuse and mango and and um indigo they go put their stuff in their backpack <laughs> just keep thinking about like like how is this gonna work because kindergarten we know how important it is to be hands-on we know how important it is to build social skills we know how important it is to build fine and gross motor development. And then we know how important it is to have individual attention. And a lot of the way you exactly. get individual attention is by giving kids group work to do and collaborate mm-hmm. on while you work with small groups. And how is this going to work? Because they're not supposed to, like, <laughs> get anywhere near each other. And how, like... Well, I was thinking about how I just have, like... Each table has their own container of shared material. Like if we're doing something with Unifixes, Unifix cubes, then I would give each of the kids um, table, you know, the box of their Unifix cubes. Well, now every kid is going to have to have their own container. So now I'm going to make all 
pencil box companies millionaires because you're gonna have to have a bazillion you're gonna have to have a pencil box of crayons but also your pencil box of unifix cubes and number cards and yeah letters oh god and then i was thinking that like on um on manipulatives for center time that instead of um it's going it's going to be like leading an orchestra to have all of it figured out but like on um, Monday these kids will play with this toy and and then you'll just have to rotate the toys because at the end of the day you'll have to sanitize all of those toys and then the next day the group will play I just with don't a different even know set of toys. Well, the way that you did centers where you rotated kids around I don't even know if that's feasible right now I don't, I'm just thinking I yeah I don't know I don't think you unless could. unless Unless you have like a Clorox thing at every no, you can't center. because you, well, can't, you can't have kids touch Clorox wipes. No, well, you can't have the kids that close to each other. You can't have them touching shared materials, so you can't do dramatic play. You can't do a science center where they all come and touch the things. You know, I mean, no, it has. It's going to have to be just all teacher-led activities or an individual like science you're gonna have to have the little individual boxes of stuff for the I kids hate it to have it's going to be I tough. hate it it's, so much but I ha I did think of a way about guided readers to have all of the kids have their own baggie of books so you could divide the, uh, the like five books on level reading for each kid mm -hmm. and then they could have those books and then um, once a week, they could turn in two of their books and put it in a bin of dirty books <laughs> <laughs> that you're going to Lysol and, like, tie. I, I would probably do a big garbage bag and have them put it in there, spray it with Lysol, tie that bag and have it sit for two days because isn't everything supposed to die in two days in a tied-up bag, I think so, with no oxygen. And then you can give them two new books when they turn it in. And with writing, writing's pretty easy, easy because you can just have, all kids can do all writing in their own personal journal. But how do you teach them in small groups? What do you have the rest not, of the kids <laughs> do? I think you're going to have, well, journal, while, while they're doing writing of journals, you can pull over two kids because you can have, I'm thinking of my guided reading table. I probably could have three kids. I'd have to have an extra set of plexiglass dividers for my guided reading table and call three kids over at a time. It's going to be tough. It really is because kindergarten kids do not learn like other kids. Well, other kids learn like kindergarten kids. Everybody That's learns true. like kindergarten kids. <laughs> but they've learned we to just, adapt. And... We just know it. We, we know it in our bones in the kindergarten world. We do. Another thing that you need to think about is assessments and how to assess your kids. And I did find out in my little stint from, May, from March to May that I actually really liked assessing my kids over Zoom. I found them to be real attentive and they really liked it. And with ESGI, it's really easy to do because um, there's two ways you can do it. You can share your screen on Zoom and test from your computer. 
And the other way is ESGI has a student code that you um, have the kids just put that code in on their iPad and then they can just actually see the test on their iPad. So um, both of those are really easy and right now ESGI is starting their new campaign for back to school and it's called Be Ready. And the code to use is Kathy B, K-A-T-H-Y-B-E-E, -E, and you will save $50 Ooh. off of your subscription and entered to win a few prizes. And so now's a great time. If you have not tried ESGI, for sure, it's going to be worth every penny because if your kids are in your classroom, you know you're going to love ESGI. But I can tell you if your kids aren't in your classroom, you are really going to love ESGI because you will still be able to do all of the assessing that you need to do. ESGI is wonderful. I agree. So I think that one way to survive is to be positive because everything in life is easier if you look at the positive and have a slant of I can do this or you know I've learned a lot of things in life from really hard hard tasks and we might learn we might learn some things this year we might be miserable <laughs> but, <laughs> but we might learn some things so I guess I um, would like to say let's all try to be positive and this is what it is. It is what it is. And I think that our motto this year as teachers needs to be what we've been telling our kids all along. You get what you get and you don't throw a fit. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were so, going to say the motto luck, should everyone. be we, can, we should do hard things. But I like yeah. you get what you get and you don't throw a fit better. I think that's probably more appropriate. <laughs> yeah, you get what you get, and you don't throw a fit, not one <laughs> tiny bit. <laughs> Can I throw a fit just a little bit? Just or you little might fit. get a zit. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, you can throw a fit a little, little bit. No, little. you can't, because you get what you get, and you don't throw a fit. <laughs> you can do hard things. Everything we've been telling our students, we have to do it. Yeah, so see you next time, everyone. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Kindergarten Kiosk is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, a network of podcasts for educators by educators. For more information, visit edupodcastnetwork.com. That's edupodcastnetwork.com Now can I listen to it?